0: The one saving grace of this dish were the peas. And it's the best peas I've had in London.
1: Yeah, but you shouldn't be ordering a fish and chips and being like, "Ooh, the peas." Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're listening to Take Off to Travel, a weekly dive into the travels of your hosts, Colin and Olivia. We're going on a world trip for 13 months with just $25,000 each.
1: Each week, you'll hear our tales, tips, and tricks as we explore the world. Hello and welcome to episode twenty of Take Off the Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia. And I'm Colin. And today we're gonna to talk about all things London. We've been here, I think, two and a half, maybe three weeks at this point, and we wanted to kind of touch through everything from our very first impressions to the many, 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 many things that we have done while we're here. So to kick us off, Colin Take Me Back. It is late on the night of May twenty-eighth. And we are flying into London. We're on the plane. Anything interesting happen while we were descending into London?
0: We had a airplane experience. And I'd, I don't know how many people have had this experience, but it was my first airplane experience. We were 40 feet off the ground coming into landing. And then all of a sudden, the engines start back up and we zoom back up. We have no idea what happened on the runway. I'm assuming we just dodged some type of crash. But all the information we got from the pilot was they weren't ready for us to land. So that could be potential crash. That could be, I don't know.
1: Pilot error of some sort.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. But it was... It was scary a little bit.
1: We were really close to the ground. Yeah. Like I feel like I could see it.
0: Yeah, no, we were we were forty, fifty feet up from the ground, like coming into land.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I sorry, I just I know I wanted to push you into that because I remember that being really scary. That was our very first impression of London, I guess.
0: Yeah, and then our second impression of London was the tube ride. And that was probably the most chaotic metro ride we've had on our trip. Not because of like feeling unsafe or any type of bad thing it was just the people that we were sitting next to were hilarious so um why don't you talk about the first the family
1: okay so from the airport there were different sets because we had to get on a couple different trains on the first train was this family with two kids who i would say are maybe seven or eight yeah somewhere around there And they were playing truth or dare, except for there was no truth. And the only dare that they did was to have a dance-off over and over and over again. And when I say dance-off, it was like one kid like slightly wiggling his shoulders and the other thinking it was hilarious.
0: It was, I dare you to dance over here. I dare you to dance over there. And only one kid was doing the daring and only one kid was doing the dancing. So I don't know what the trade-off there was, but it was very funny
1: so then we got off that train and went to the next one and you want to talk about what we saw there
0: so we weren't the only obviously it's it's central London well we're getting closer to central London we're not the only tourists on the on the tube there were three kids and i'll I'll say 18 19 years old from Australia and they were drinking wine, like just straight out of the bottle. One guy was very drunk. They didn't have a wine opener, so they pushed the cork of the wine into the wine, and it was just floating there in the bottle, which I found hilarious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, right when the doors are about to close, twelve girls who are—it's girls' night out. They are—they are they're having a great time. They rush onto the train and chaos
1: they had clearly already been drinking and so they were loud like they were excited about their night out and so on Across from us, we've got the three people who are drinking the wine out of the bottle with the cork in it, and then surrounded by us on all other sides are these girls who are like about to go party. And there we are, holding our two suitcases, exhausted because we've been flying for hours, and we're just like, okay, here we go.
0: This uh, doesn't matter to the story at all, but I thought they had a really cool job. So the it was it was about twelve girls, and they they did make up for the one of the movie studios that's out here and that's how they all met i thought that was really cool yeah that's that, a cool job
1: that's a very cool job so we rode the tube from the airport to our airbnb which i want to say took like 45 minutes to yeah, an hour or... it wasn't bad and we walked from the tube station to our place which is i think was about a 10-ish minute walk and our host let us in once again we're in like a room in a house and i I think we got more of a true sense of it, like the next morning, because it was so late when we got here. But give give the audience a review of this Airbnb.
0: I think it's a cute house. The, the It's a big kitchen. We love a big kitchen. There's a dryer. So we've actually been able to do more than one load in a day, which seems like a very low priority thing, but it has been such a luxury <laughs> for us.
1: First and last time on the trip, we're going to yeah. be able to do that, I bet. Yeah.
0: The room's a little small. We're a little cramped in here. It is th- it is the perfect size, I think, for one person. But, you know, we're making do.
1: It's a cute place. There's a sunroom downstairs, which I have really enjoyed. Eating luncheon. Yeah. And there's a little garden, which I haven't actually gone out to because it's been kind of hot here, surprisingly.
0: And it's kind of small.
1: Yeah. But it's a cute house, definitely. On our first day here... We wanted to take it somewhat easy, so we decided to go ahead and explore our neighborhood, which is definitely not, like, a popular London neighborhood. It's just kind of, like, a place where people live. I wouldn't say it's, like, a major tourist attraction. And we walked to this area that's called Acton Town, and I wasn't really sure what to expect. I mean, I'd seen on a map that there were, like, shops and stuff there, but when we walked around the corner and made it, it's a really cute little street. Like, there's lots of cute little shops and restaurants and cafes, and it's all down this one road that just feels very, like, cute. That's the only word I would have to describe it. What did you think of Active Town?
0: I'm laughing at all the cute <laughs> that you said. I would agree that it it is – it feels like a small town downtown. I know we're in London, and, you know, it's got, what, the 21 boroughs, but just. It's it's really nice to see that each borough has their own little central spot that everyone goes to to shop and to eat and to do all their stuff during the day. So I really enjoyed it it's it it seems like a snapshot into our host's life, our neighbors' lives. It kind of set us into, you know, like we oh we actually live here. We're we're going to the store, all that stuff.
1: Also that day we went to what we're now calling our local. Do you want to describe what that's like?
0: So the pub that is by us, it's a lot of the pubs serve food in London. This one does not. But it is just this storefront. It's in the middle of a shopping center. And I made a friend. I've gotten to talk a lot about football or soccer, depending on what you call it. So it's been nice to talk about sports with people who... Actually enjoy sports because Olivia will listen when I when I'm excited about stuff. But I mean, she'll admit it herself, but she she doesn't know enough to talk about certain things.
1: Yeah, I don't add anything to the conversation. <laughs> you say go team, I say yay, and that's about
0: it. <laughs> what, what do you think about the pub?
1: I think it's cute. Um, I don't know what I was expecting out of an English pub, but I I guess it fits. It it's got like the wood bar and just the random stuff on the walls it's got cheap drinks there's a little um what do you call it a slot machine there's a couple of them actually and it's just like it seems like a lot of the same people go there regularly because we've been there now i don't know a couple times and every time we've gone i've recognized at least one person
0: so we we walked through Acton town and Maybe the next day, maybe the same day. It's been so long since then. But we also walked through a a borough called Shepherd's Bush. um, And I think it's a borough. I don't know the official boroughs of London. But it's it's another town in London that's close to us. And it has a Westfield. And I think those are pretty popular mall setting places in England and Australia. But how would you describe this, this mall?
1: It was what malls were like for me in like the early 2010s where there's just mobs of people there all the time, so many stores and like every different price range you could think of. and the particular one in Shepherd's Bush is enormous. like I can't even describe to you. I think there's three or four stories, and then each story probably has at least a hundred stores on it because of the width and depth and whatever of well <laughs> this is why I don't that I don't do math but it's huge and it's really upscale like it's very nice very polished and I think we've been there now twice and both times it was just like bustling with people which was really interesting to me because in both England and Vietnam and Thailand all of the malls have just been like full of people whereas I feel like in the U.S. a lot of malls are just kind of dying out because people just aren't going anymore which is just weird to see that contrast
0: yeah I know the mall in Arizona has completely or the mall in Phoenix by us where we used to live was completely shut down and they're changing it demolishing it so yeah it's it was like she said it was very interesting seeing modern mall life
1: yeah, I kind of, this is a side thought, but I kind of wonder if it has to do with the fact that Americans can get stuff delivered on from online stores so fast and for so cheap. Like we've got Amazon Prime two-day delivery, but in most of the rest of the world, if you order something online, it takes way longer to get there because it has to be delivered and you have to pay delivery fees. So I'm curious if that plays into why malls are more still common. Sorry, just a side thought.
0: So the first, like, touristy thing we did was the walking tour. Do you want to list the places we went on the walking tour?
1: I'm not sure I remember all of them anymore. We did a walking tour of Westminster. Or is that the city? Yeah, the city of Westminster. We went to
0: Trafalgar Trafalgar Square.
1: Square. Then we went to...
0: It was the Red Road. That's called the mall. The Red Road that... That goes from, basically from Trafalgar Square, which is like their town center, all the way to Buckingham. And it's a red road. And if you watch the coronation, if you watch any like official thing that's happened at Buckingham, we'll have seen that red road. That's what they ride in on. So we walk down that road and kind of cut off to a another...
1: St. James Palace. Yeah, another
0: palace, St. James Palace. And watch the changing of the guard there because it's less crowded than Buckingham. It's the same exact thing.
1: I thought it was kind of fun. I know you thought it was a little bit silly because big pomp and circumstance isn't your thing. But just seeing those huge hats and the band and just how seriously they all took themselves is really cool.
0: And then we went to Buckingham Palace. And then we walked around St. James's Park and saw all the geese. And the geese babies. And then we went over to Westminster and Big Ben.
1: I think in total it was about two and a half hours. But we really didn't walk that much. It was mostly walk somewhere. And then he would tell us about it. And he was a really good tour guide. We did another, for context, this is another one of the free tours where you just tip the guy at the end. And both times we've done that, I think we ended up with really good tour guides.
0: Yeah, I think they frame it as... Pay what you think the tour deserves. It's not you're you're tipping him, quote unquote, but you're you're just paying what you think that the tour was worth.
1: That was a good tour, though. So another thing that we wanted to talk about that we has been central to all of our experiences here in London has been taking the tube because our neighborhood is 30 to 45 minutes from everywhere, if not more. So we've spent a lot of time riding the tube, and. I personally have actually kind of enjoyed it. It's We're far enough out that we almost always get seats <laughs> because we're not in the center of London. And so we'll sit there and it's just easy to get around. We've actually started listening to audiobooks. We've made it through almost the first two Harry Potter books, which I consider reading. So I'm going to say that Colin has been reading Harry Potter. But it's been a lot of fun just The audio book makes it go by fast, and it's an easy way to get around. I'm definitely glad that we got the tube pass. What have you made of riding around on the tube?
0: I I think it's pretty convenient, especially where we're on. We're on the central line, which is the line that goes straight through the center of of London. Almost everything that we've wanted to do has been off the central line, Uh, so it's been very convenient. We haven't had to switch over many times to other trains. Yeah, so it's been nice.
1: Another thing that we did on one of the early days was what we called a museum day because most of the museums here in London are actually free, which is super nice because we were able to visit multiple in one day. So that very first day, we went to the British Museum, the Science Museum, and the Victoria and Albert Art Museum. So of those three, which was your favorite and why?
0: I don't remember the Victoria and Albert one.
1: That was the one that we did last that had the skirt thing that I tried on oh, and yeah. had like it
0: My favorite was I guess the the British Museum. It was very grand, but just knowing that a lot of that stuff is just stolen from cultures from back in the day. It's just like the British Empire came and just took it <laughs> when they were colonizing. Yeah, it's called the British
1: Museum, but it was stuff from everywhere else.
0: Yeah, which, you know, a a lot of museums have things from other places. Uh, It's just, you know, the history of what the British Empire kind of did back in the day. Just coming in and wiping out, not wiping out cultures, but asserting their culture and taking things for themselves made it interesting.
1: That was where we saw the Rosetta Stone which for me was probably the highlight of the museum day, even though it was so crowded. It was hard to even like get a glimpse of it. But I don't know why I always thought the Rosetta Stone was tiny. And then it was this like, four-foot-tall rock that just surprised me a bit, I guess.
0: So the, the Victoria and Albert Museum, you got to be a little goofy, try on your own like hoop skirt kind of thing. And I've got a great picture of Olivia with it what else did we do there
1: there was a whole exhibit with filled with just these like portraits in this like huge domed room there was basically an old victorian house that was set up how it had been many many years ago that one was kind of a mix of stuff from what i remember it was like they had the formal portraits but then they also had like Random items of glassware and china, and they also had rugs, and they also had just like any kind of art you can think of.
0: So let's get off the boring museum stuff and talk about food. We went to some markets and had some great food. We went to the Leadenhall Market, which was very underwhelming.
1: It's where Diagon Alley is supposed to be based out of. That's but why. it doesn't
0: look like Diagon Alley at all.
1: It's the inspiration. <laughs>
0: I thought it was very, very underwhelming. We went to the Burrow Market, which we had some great udon noodles from. I also tried some really spicy hot sauce that some people were selling. What were your thoughts of Burrow Market?
1: Burrow Market was really cool. It was definitely crowded, but they had a lot of just different kinds of food. Like You had chocolate-covered strawberries, but then you also had... like really authentic-looking udon noodles. And then they also had, like, Singaporean food. And then they had sandwiches. And it was just, like, any kind of food that you could think of they had.
0: I think the the draw of Borough Market, like, the Instagram moment, is those chocolate-covered strawberries. I feel like I've seen a lot of posts or a lot of reels about those chocolate-covered strawberries. They're so expensive. It was something like 10 Pounds for strawberries and, and chocolate. And it's not like a, a lot of strawberries. It comes, it just comes in like a plastic cup. Yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was way overpriced. And the line for it. Yeah,
1: the whole market was really crowded. For items they were selling, it was probably in my number one or number two place of favorite markets. But just for the sheer number of people there was just a little overwhelming.
0: We went to Spitalfields Market. And I still we've had this conversation before but i don't remember anything about this market it was pretty i guess forgettable whatever the word is what did we do there
1: i don't think we bought anything i think we just kind of wandered through it i don't remember a whole lot of unique things there it was there was a lot of like existing restaurants that were like established and then there would be like vendors and stuff in between them but in general it was just sort of a generic market there wasn't a whole lot that stood out to me about it also a market that i didn't write down but portobello market that was probably my favorite one we went to
0: yeah that was i think that's a saturday only market and it is not in the center of london it's out by notting hill so like just outside the center of london but we walked through around 10 a.m we i think just beat out the crowd because towards the end there it got really crowded. But it was the most local feeling market we went to. Like it wasn't existing structures. All of the people who were selling stuff brought their own tents, brought like all that, all their own tables, and we got to the food carts. And it was they were giving out samples, which I really appreciated because we weren't hungry for lunch yet because we just eaten breakfast. But it was. Like tikka masala, I I had some duck confit. It was
1: we had some kind of meat too. I don't remember all the details.
0: Like chicken satay, and yeah. it it's every type of food you can think of was there, and you could they were handing out samples of. I really appreciated that, and it was also some of the most flavorful food that we've had here in London. And I'm sad we didn't. We haven't bought anything from there yet.
1: Yeah, we have plans to go back and buy lunch but we've been living out of a lot of picnics because london is expensive so i think that day we'd like brought our lunch which is why we decided not to buy food Mm -hmm. but portobello was definitely my favorite market we went to
0: the edgiest of the markets camden town market how would when i say edgy what do you what do you think i mean by that
1: just like a little bit alternative feeling i mean (sighs) I don't know, the only way like a little a little tiny bit grunge, like a little bit alternative, but still mainstream enough that there were tourists and like people who don't consider themselves alternative like us. It was a cool experience. I liked that one a lot. It was more of a established structure than like pop-up stalls, but there were food carts that I think like came in that day. And that was also a really big one. And that was where we had yeah, the giant fries.
0: Yeah. So we we did get food from that one surprise. We had this huge basket of fries covered in cheese and barbecue sauce. But when we say this is a big basket of fries, we split this one basket and we were both full for our lunch. It was a ginormous amount of french fries and cheese and barbecue sauce. And it was very good.
1: Yeah, and it was relatively cheap too. I think it was only like seven or eight pounds, which for two people for basically feeding us lunch is a very good value.
0: Keeping on the food experiences. We've had fish and chips a couple times. I've had fish and chips a couple times, but our very first English fish and chips experience wasn't that great.
1: No. It was kind of bad actually.
0: We walked into Acton Town, which was about 15, 20 minute walk. So we go there and we go to this cafe. And I don't think it was, like, a specifically fish and chips shop. They just happen to sell fish and chips. It was a little overcooked. There was no dipping sauce. The fries were okay. The one saving grace of this dish were the peas. And it's the best peas I've had in London.
1: Yeah, but you shouldn't be ordering a fish and chips and being like, ooh, the peas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So while we were here in London, we actually celebrated our five-year anniversary of dating, which is really cool. And to, to celebrate it, we booked ourselves a hotel in a place called Canary Wharf, which is pretty much the opposite side of London. And I didn't really know much about Canary Wharf. I think we just kind of picked it because it looked like a nice hotel. But it's been really cool. Sorry, this is sort of a side note, but... It's been really cool to see all of the different vibes, flavors of the different neighborhoods because Canary Wharf had a very different feel to Acton Town, which was totally different than Hampstead Heath, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But for me, the highlight of going to Canary Wharf was just like getting the flavor of that neighborhood, walking around and they had little mini golf and then they had like an upscale mall and they had a pub and it was on the water and there were people floating down the river in inflatable hot tubs and it was really cool.
0: So you mentioned mini golf and something that's surprised me is the amount of mini golf just in like commercial parks. Like there are commercial buildings around office buildings and then there's just this little green space and they've put in mini golf and that they've done that multiple little areas. I find that pretty interesting.
1: That was when we went to Yeah,
0: we went to the Ivy the Ivy, Ivy in the and park we, and then we got the carrot cake and
1: we eavesdropped on the couple next to us
0: on their oh, first yeah. date. Yeah, first date awkwardness, which was always funny. This man was saying like he just convinced men and women cannot be friends unless they sleep together once and get it out of their system.
1: Which is an interesting topic for a first date.
0: Yeah and no shade to the girl but she had an interesting occupation that caught my ear she she's a pole dancer and like there no no judgment on that it's just the guy didn't seem to fit that kind of life he seemed very much like a finance bro yep i think he was a consultant so it was just i don't know i found it i found their dynamic very interesting and very funny to listen to, to eavesdrop, people watch.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So while we've been walking around, we've gone through West End and Soho a couple times, just walking through the city, going to different things. We've seen Wicked. We've seen Harry Potter Cursed Child. We've seen...
1: When you say seen, you just mean the outside the, of the Yeah,
0: sorry. We have seen the theaters that have Harry Potter Cursed Child. We've, we've seen the theater for Les Mis. We've seen the theater for... What else? I'm trying to think of some other ones. Like some other big names. Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah. I
1: think I saw The Lion King maybe once. Yeah. Not sure. The thing that I found most interesting about West End is I assumed that it would be like Broadway in New York where they're all like lined theater, up in theater, a row. Theater, theater, theater. But I don't think there's a really a specific place that West End starts. It's just sort of like there's a theater all of a sudden and then like a few blocks down there'll be another theater and it's not a defined area where they're like you said, right next to each other. It's just a bit more spread out.
0: So we we like to joke that we went to the highest point, natural point in London. But So we went to Hampstead Heath, and we were up on this hill, and you could see all of downtown, and it was beautiful. And we had a picnic there.
1: So Hampstead Heath is a sort of upscale neighborhood in north of London. We walked past...
0: George Orwell's house.
1: George Orwell's house, yeah. And... The downtown part was very cute, just different flavor than Acton Town because it was definitely more ivy colored walls and high and shops and stuff. But it was a very nice little downtown area and Colin ended up getting tired. So I actually spent some of the afternoon by myself and I gotta give this tip because it was something that really stood out to me. But I went to this place in Hampstead Heath called the Hill Garden and Pergola which is this abandoned mansion in a park and it's been left to nature's devices and so it's almost turned into this beautiful garden that's just like there's ivy that wraps around parts of the building there's wisteria that just like drapes in through a window the, the roof is completely gone so it's all open air And I spent probably an hour and a half, two hours just walking around in there because it was so beautiful. It did not feel like I was in London whatsoever. The sun would like trickle off of something and there'd be green lush grass. It was absolutely magical. The whole experience was incredible. I would highly recommend. And it's free to enter.
0: So yeah, the pictures you took, there were beautiful. So we have two more experiences to talk about. One is Colin-centered. The other one is Olivia-centered. The big thing you were so excited for when we were coming to London was to do the the studio tour for Harry Potter. Do you want to walk us through that?
1: Sure. So, like you said, I'm, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Always have been. And I've always heard of the studio tour in London. And, of course, I booked it. And I'm going to give you my honest review here. might be a little bit controversial, but I preferred the theme park like Universal Studios theme park to the studio tour by a long shot. The studio tour was cool like don't get me wrong it was really nice to see all of the sets and to like learn a little bit more about like how they did certain things it was really fascinating at points and I definitely had a good time but the thing is that it just i was expecting that I would walk into the studios and feel like I was in Hogwarts because I was on the sets but because it's been so long since the movies were filmed a lot of them have been taken down and there's only like pieces of them left and they're all roped off so you don't really get to go on any set you get to look at the set as if it's like in a museum setting and to me there was something about that that made it not feel so Real. Whereas when I was in the theme park, you're in sort of like a living Harry Potter world. Like you're walking in Diagon Alley and there's like shops where you can buy candy and shops where you can buy clothes. And then you go to Hogsmeade and then you go into Hogwarts and it feels like you're in the world. Whereas maybe I should have thought about this, but the studios were studios. Like I saw the car that Ron and Harry fly, but it was again like kind of behind glass. And so all this stuff just made it feel very educational as opposed to like immersive. But if you're a Harry Potter fan and you're like curious like oh how did they do this then I would say it's a good idea but just that's my honest review.
0: I think if you just go in with the mindset that it's not going to be immersive I think you would have enjoyed it a lot more.
1: Yeah that's fair but that's my overall view. I would I would recommend with the caveat just don't expect it to be like the theme park. I think if I had gone to the studios first I would have been less underwhelmed. So, we did my thing or I did my thing, and then we did your thing. Do you want to describe what your thing is and the experience you had? Yeah,
0: so West Ham was playing in the Europa Conference League final. And to all the non-soccer football fans out there, West Ham is a English Premier League team. They play regular season games in England against English teams. But if you finish in the top six or seven of that English league, you qualify to play against other teams in Europe who also did well the previous year. So they take the, the results from the year before, and those teams qualify for next season's European competitions. And there's three tiers to the competition, and I won't go into them, but West Ham was playing in the the, the third tier of the European competitions, and they were playing in the final I have supported West Ham for eight years now. I think is I did the math, and this was my first opportunity to watch a game in London with with other West Ham fans, because I love Olivia, but she doesn't want to wake up at five a.m. with me to watch watch soccer games, and I I think I'm gonna remember that night for a long time. It was it was great because they won. But just the hospitality of the people. We drank a lot that night. And I think we only paid for four drinks of people the. People just
1: kept buying drinks for us.
0: Yeah. The Not couple. They were brother and sister. But the, the people we were with. I keep calling them couple. Just because they were together there. They were not a couple.
1: <laughs> yeah, I um, think it's good you clarify. I don't think they'd be happy. No. <laughs> they, they, were were, they
0: were not a couple. But the two people that were there. They bought us. A lot of drinks. And then Olivia went up to the bar and got some guy to buy her a drink and then gave me the drink. And I was very proud of her for that. <laughs> uh, and it's just like certain things like that. The line was taking a long time. So the guy behind me bought our drinks just so he could order two. Describe but yet, the
1: atmosphere when they scored a goal.
0: So when they scored the first goal, it reminded me of a frat party. I, I, I That's the only way I can describe it. It was very much a frat house vibe there were beers being thrown people were taking their shirts off slamming poles and and the ceiling standing on tables
1: it was chaotic
0: it was chaos in all the good ways there no one got hurt no one while we were there i never felt like i was in danger of getting pushed or like getting bumped into by people celebrating like
1: the biggest uh, danger we had was getting beer on our hair
0: yeah and then when when they won on a ninetieth minute goal, very very dramatic. There was probably about ten minutes straight of singing. Everyone just singing and just enjoying the night. It was it was a lot of fun.
1: You have the biggest smile <laughs> on your face for yeah, anyone Yeah like I said, I'm
0: I'm gonna remember that for, for a really long time.
1: I we, I wanna do a quick comment on the London Pass. So I think we talked about this in the last episode, but we purchased something called a London pass for while we're here in London. And I will not go into all of the details of the things that we've done. I'll save that for a future episode. But I just wanted to comment and say that if you are going to London, I feel like we have gotten really, really good value out of it. We paid 209 pounds per person and we are halfway through our allotted amount of days. We're going to more than double the amount that we paid in terms of value but i just wanted to throw that out there that it has been a good investment some we've had some challenges with items on the london pass
0: actually being available yeah it's a little annoying
1: but i still think on the whole it's a good value
0: just to dive into that a little bit just because i'm annoyed about it there is no way there's only certain things you you have to make a reservation for but the things you don't make reservations for and one thing we did make a reservation for there's no guarantee that that thing is actually happening that day it's just available on the pass and, and you have to do all, quite a bit of research into the actual thing to see if it's actually happening that day and so we've gone to a couple things and it's not been available
1: yeah like it's just flat out not there for the month of june and it doesn't say anything about it on the app yeah because so, I I think if we had known about all of the things that were not going to be available, we might have opted for like the seven day pass mm-hmm. instead of the 10.
0: Yep. Um, but, but we'll we... dive into that next time. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we definitely recommend it if you're listening.
1: All right. So I think we'll go ahead and end it here. And we will give you all of the deets about the London Pass, talk about like prices of things, overall thoughts about London prices too, I would say. And we'll go ahead and talk to you then. Thanks so much for listening.